I was like, we were, I was, I was going camping the same weekend as Burning Man. And I was like, oh my God, what is wrong with all these cars? Like, <laughs> because you know, they all come back like yeah. covered in dust. Have yeah. You, have you been before? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's so like, like if you're starting a camp. Yeah. You, it's definitely it's high cruise <laughs> Yeah. So what's your camp going to be? It's called the Dumpling Trap. It serves dumplings and oh. plays trap music. My wow. God. <laughs> yes. 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 That is so awesome. Like that might oh have to be God. our episode name. <laughs> <laughs> At least That's a hashtag. That's so good. are back from summer vacation and better than ever sun-kissed ready to go ready to get some wit together ready for the wittiest fall of our lives the wittiest of all witty falls um welcome to get your wit together the podcast where we talk to women in tech about everything but tech i'm julia and i'm hillary and this episode, we talked to Jackie Luo. You can find her on Twitter, Jackie H, as in house, Luo, L-U-O. And tell me more about Jackie, Hillary. Yeah, so Jackie's amazing. She's a software engineer at Square, but she's also very passionate about pay transparency. And if you go to her Twitter, you'll see her pinned tweets. She tweets a lot. She's very active just in general in the tech scene but what we discussed with her was how pay transparency can help level the playing field yeah and so yeah let's get into it and it it. was super cool i didn't even know what pay transparency was until i read her medium post which you can also find her on medium yes she also writes a lot she's a great writer um just jackie lua jackie luo so let's do it here we go We got so carried away with Burning Man, and <laughs> I just want to say quickly, thank you for coming on the yeah, show, of course. Yeah. and welcome to Get Your Way Together. <laughs> we are so glad to have you. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah so it was crazy, because Hillary was like, yeah, we got the, like, we got her, like, I'm so excited. <laughs> I was like, okay, awesome, like, send me her LinkedIn, and then I was like, wait, I have read all of your things <laughs> on Medium, like... By happenstance. Like, I was like, oh, what? This is so cool. (laughs) Yay. Okay, so money, since we are talking, we got (laughs) to start with money. Uh So the first thing that stood out to me, I was like, okay, got to go on Twitter, check it out. Because obviously you write a lot of stuff on Medium, which is all really awesome. And everyone should go check it out. But on the top of your Twitter... Um, you have your pinned tweet, which is Karina Hasai. I think that's maybe her last name. Yeah. Um, said any men feeling like sharing their salary for International Women's Day or what's up? And then you said men in tech, my DMs are always open if you're willing to share your salary anonymously to help your female peers. So what inspired you to tweet that? Like, what 
tell us a little more background. I thought it was super interesting. And then I was like deep in Twitter. <laughs> your resp- replies, which you have like 458 retweets, over a thousand likes and so many replies. Yeah, like the the tweet that started it all. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I don't know. This wasn't like you know, like some kind of like long planned thing or whatever. Yeah. I think like more generally, like I've always cared a lot about sort of um, pay equity, like workplace conditions, um, all of this stuff, like power dynamics between uh, employees and employers, like things like that, and so. Uh, it just seemed like a very, like, easy kind of low effort, um, way to, like, get more people to share this thing. And it's, you know, like, I think it's, like, it's not really information that people need to be super precious about, but I think it's so sort of, like, socially, um, like, it's difficult to talk about how much you get paid. There's, like, a lot of, like, stuff where it's, like, you know, it's fraught and, like, sometimes there are, like, emotions around, like, you know, will people think I'm underpaid? Will pe- people think that I'm overpaid? Like, all of this stuff. And but, do you think it's kind of taboo? Yes, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, there were, I definitely got some responses that were just, like, in my... <laughs> Back in my day. <laughs> it's, like, why do you need to share all this stuff? And it's, like, there are, like, lots of lots of reasons why you might want to share this information. And when you think of, like, why it, wants, why it should be secret, like, the reasons, at least in my opinion, don't tend to hold up as well. Um, they, like, generally tend to be in favor of employers, basically. Um, so you tweet this, and people just start responding to you by the thousands like <laughs> how did that feel what was the energy like coming back in it was a kind of very slow thing like this is you know it's been over a year but it wasn't like you know like day one thousands of replies it mm-hmm. was like maybe like i don't know i have no idea what i would guess but under 50 or something like yeah. that and like every time i got some i would post some and it like bumps it back up or whatever and then more people see yeah. it and stuff so like it kind of is sort of like self-sustaining in that way and yeah. I, I think that's like kind of useful to me because i feel like you know i was never really interested in like having one day of like flurries of this data or whatever i feel like it's useful to sort of have this like it in itself is not like super useful as a data set i think like i think it's like kind of anecdotally interesting in a lot of ways but um i feel like what's more useful is like this constant reminder that like sharing your comp should be like normal and like you know this is something that people can do and it's like it's not weird and it's useful and all of that and i think it's also it's interesting because like i guess i don't know well i'm a product marketing manager and so i'm not a software engineer so it was interesting to like see all of these replies you know like i'm i'm never looking into like a software engineer job so i'm never like wow oh my god and then (laughs) you know um also like being from the midwest and not being from either like new york or california where like the the average pay is just so much higher for i think a lot of jobs like minimum wage here is is it fifteen dollars yeah it's fifteen dollars and in kentucky i think it's six or seven dollars so that's almost double which is really crazy but i i thought it was interesting like you did get a variety of responses you got some people who are like yeah i'm doing this in minnesota and i was like oh 
Oh, interesting. Super cool. Well, once this data started coming in, how did you decide what you were going to do with it? Did you have a plan from the start that you wanted to leverage this and, and share it out again? And oh yeah I was very explicitly like with the purpose of of sharing it and like I was like yeah I'm happy to be like basically uh a you know inbox for you Um, anonymizer yeah because like you know like uh it's like anecdotally useful for me it's not but like you know there's not a lot I, I would do with like a bunch of different salaries and stuff I think like for me personally like I I feel like very sort of informed about how much people like how much I should expect to get paid and like stuff like that just because I have a lot of friends and I've like been here for a while and like you know I'm like generally like pretty like privileged in a lot of different ways and so um it was more kind of like there are a lot of people who don't have as much context or like are from like different um environments and backgrounds and stuff especially a lot of a lot of uh women or people of color like tend to you know like be less deeply in the tech industry from at least like from the start um and there are just like less there's yeah little so few such few diversity so few diversity (laughs) no so 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 i would say so little little diversity diversity. i don't know words are hard (laughs) words are interesting (laughs) (laughs) tuesdays very um but yeah, like it's, you know, they tend to come from less traditional backgrounds. Like for me, like, you know, I ended up, I mean, I was like sort of a computer science major for like a little bit, but like I'm basically a philosophy major um, in practice. And like a lot of people, are, like a lot of women, for instance, are like coming out of boot camps and stuff like that. And so they tend to be from like a wider variety of backgrounds typically because of kind of what I mentioned before. Like, you know, there are a lot of things that like, are sort of more gendered that I think prevent you from actually considering this as like a job option um, until you do, obviously. Um, and and so I think like that's kind of more like where my like sort of aim was in uh, like making it like more like available for people yeah. who are not like, you know, used to this or whatever. Well, I feel like it was such a good... It's so cool that it's happening also on Twitter, but also that you, like, obviously wrote your article about it. Um, Yeah, so if you haven't read her article, it's called I Know the Salaries of Thousands of Tech Workers. I did not write that. Such a good... I was like, dang, this girl. I definitely did not write the headline. (laughs) That was, like, really good. I was like, I need to use this in some marketing materials. (laughs) Twist it around. Uh Um, But I think it's also cool that it's all on Twitter, too, because I feel like Twitter has, like, a super strong... There's, like, a really big group of, like, women of color and women in tech on Twitter. And so – and you're – you have, like, a pretty good Twitter presence. And so it's cool to see that it was, like, shared in kind of, like, this equalizer environment also. Yeah. Yeah, I do think Twitter is is really great for, like, basically specifically that reason. It's just, like, you know – in the normal tech world outside of Twitter, like, it's, like, kind of hard to find people who have, like, a similar background to you or whatever just because the numbers are kind of against it. But, like, 
like I feel like women of color on Twitter or whatever like generally tend to be like my my favorite like <laughs> accounts <squad. laughs> and stuff like that like I've met like a ton of them in person and yeah. stuff and like that has like definitely shaped a lot of my experience overall in the industry yeah I think that's so cool well and so you talked a lot about the power of like the power dynamic right so when pay is not transparent more of the power falls on the side of the companies how does sharing out this information on twitter like you have this whole twitter sphere all these women of color women in tech people who now can leverage this information um how do you see that helping offset some of this power balance yeah um yeah i mean again i would kind of like uh I think, like, the information itself is, like, sort of useful, but, like, more is just kind of, like, this practice of, like, talking to your coworkers or whatever, um, like, sharing this information with people on your team, um, and, like, that being more normalized, um, but, like, as to how the information is useful, I think, you know, the company, like, any company, like, has the benefit of obviously knowing how much every person gets paid, because they are the ones who, like, you know, typically, um, come up with this number to some extent to like a large extent um and so like there are all these factors that go into play there and you know you are not privy to basically any of them um and and so it's very difficult to know like if you're um if you get a job offer you're just like you know is this fair for this company? Like, you can kind of get an idea maybe of, like, quote-unquote market um, market rate, but I think, like, that's even hard because, like, what is a market rate between, like, uh, early-stage startup, uh, like, you know, unicorn, whatever, uh, Google, Facebook, etc. Like, the market rate varies, like, very largely between these and like the way that you're calculating you know like whether something is fair also varies a lot between these so um so I think it varies a lot by company and I think like having this information like like accessible within a company is like very very important um and uh and there's like a a law that passed I want to say last year um or the year before where that required employers to like disclose salary ranges for any role if a prospective employee asks for them. I think that goes a long way towards like kind of like this thing that, you know, that like I'm talking about, about like being able to make more informed decisions about like jobs that you're taking and like where sort of like you fall in the realm of, you know, the available options. And so you kind of get more of an idea of like, you know, oh, like I'm being like massively underpaid or yeah. whatever. Um, because without the context, like a lot of a lot of uh women that I know will just, you know, receive a job offer and um typically at least, like typically if it's like a reasonable offer, like they're like really happy with it and like they're not like going to to negotiate super hard or like whatever. Um because Yeah, we know and stats back that up. Yeah. Women typically negotiate far less than men. I think it was yeah. something like 90% of the time men will negotiate and women only negotiate 50% of the time. Yeah. That. I saw it earlier. I'll look this up and we can add yeah. it in later. But yeah, it's your experience totally reflects reality there. Yeah. And it's not that women even like, you know, 
can't negotiate or whatever they like negotiate like equally well on behalf of other women but it is difficult to negotiate on behalf of themselves and which is not like a problem with women it's like a problem with like how how structured yeah and like how you know they they know that it's likely to be received um i remember i was negotiating um in my sort of last job hunt and i had multiple recruiters who basically like were like it's rude of you to be negotiating there uh, like i remember one person in particular was like um i was like so thank you for the offer um i uh i forget how exactly i phrased this but it was basically like um i would feel more comfortable with this base salary and this stock compensation and um i remember she was like i'm i'm really disappointed to hear that um <laughs> like i'm i'm so shocked to to hear that you weren't happy with the offer and i was just like this was the initial offer like i absolutely know so many men who you know would like basically treat the initial offer as like very much like the beginning of a long process of negotiation yeah. and i was like super super like polite about it and all of the stuff but i was just made to feel really bad about it and i think like that's not abnormal it's sort of like oh like i see you're not happy with the offer that you've give uh, we've been given you and it's an attitude that's like not reflected equally when they're like talking to like different candidates of uh, different genders that is so bizarre i don't know i think it's so odd yeah it's not like the first ever i've also had you know like people um revoke offers from friends who like negotiated a yeah. little bit and stuff and it's like a thing like it's the thing that you're afraid will happen you know and then i've like actually had it happen to people and i i don't think i've ever um known like one of my male friends or whatever to have an offer revoked for negotiating because it's expected and it's yeah. not treated as something that's like uh you're a problematic candidate maybe you wouldn't be a good team fit or whatever honestly that's wild i always think like well what's the worst that's gonna happen they'll say no but the fact that they might actually or the possibility (laughs) that they might actually revoke my offer is something that i just wouldn't ever think of because it doesn't make a lot of sense like it doesn't make sense from like a business perspective but i think like once you have you know these biases in place and whatever you can like attribute other things to this right you're like oh like this person is just like not a team player or like whatever that was the exact wording that i was gonna say (laughs) not a team player so gendered point out hillary's neighbors just started jamming upstairs (laughs) i know there's like some (laughs) solid base like i feel like we're like in the maybe like the front of a restaurant that's really like about to turn it up for the evening like yeah it's like a romantic vibe romantic evening date night i'm like are they being on the couch i hope like it is serious so yeah. they honestly um, never do this too so if this gets picked up in the nice. background we should add in and- some <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um okay one other thing i wanted to go back to you said like uh you know people there's a big difference between the startup and yes uh you know a unicorn so for those people who are not just like washed over with all of the silicon valley knowledge could you give a little more background as to why yeah um like typically like okay so startup loosely i think we like people typically use to refer to any company that's not like a public company um but that can range from like you know like literally one person to like like i don't know uber was like also my favorite thing is when you go on linkedin and it's like 
head of marketing and you look <laughs> and it's like has two employees on yes. LinkedIn. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. CEO, keep going. And it's like of myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like same. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, like loosely a startup is used to refer to any private company, but like in practice it's just like, it could be anywhere from like one to like 10,000 or like more people. And so like, it's, it's definitely super useful to distinguish between those because the compensation is very, very different. Like smaller companies typically, um, like early stage companies, uh, pay like pretty low salaries, um, and supposedly give more stock but the stock is like a huge question mark in terms of whether it will ever be worth anything and then the largest startups typically pay actually like the best um like quote-unquote startups but like you know like for instance like lyft before they went public like Mm -hmm. generally paid better than a lot of public companies And, and then public companies um tend to be like high but like fairly sort of stable basically like you're not likely to become like uh whatever 100x richer or something yeah but it's like a very steady like source of income and also stock sure did you find that um the responses you got pretty much like backed that up yeah i mean this is definitely like you know conclusion based on whatever yeah. okay cool, <laughs> um, cool, cool. yeah you're like i have this hypothesis <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't think i don't know if i would have thought that before like i i i definitely didn't have like a very clear idea of like you know how large startups paid and stuff in comparison but yeah like especially like the the startups that were you know about to ipo in the next like two years or whatever were giving huge amounts of stock because they needed to compete with companies like facebook but they weren't liquid yet so they were typically like way over overcompensating people in terms of stock and then obviously now that stock is or soon to be whatever liquid yeah creating however many millionaires billionaires in this city (laughs) I want to rewind a little bit to one thing you said earlier. So you mentioned the new law where now companies are required to give a pay range. Yes. Right? And I feel like this is a step in the right direction. I think a pay range is really helpful. But my favorite part about what you've written and what I think is really unique and important to call out is this difference between salary and equity because it's such a tech thing and it makes such a difference like what we just said with Lyft like the more equity you get the more likely you are to then later on become a millionaire billionaire that's the real wealth and so I want to get your take on this like is equity this loophole that we're not looking at and like I mean yeah so I think in general like salary salary gaps like almost are I wouldn't say it's been eradicated but at least in the tech industry they're like way less common um it's like much less of an issue than it you know is in other industries and also like much less of an issue than than equity um in terms of like disparities between you know different groups of people um and like that happens for a lot of reasons, right? It's like the sort of very classic um, <laughs> bias is baked in at all the levels of this thing. So it's like, yeah, like if you're a Stanford guy and you're starting a company and your first couple employees are like your frat brothers, this is like based on a real example I'm thinking of. But anyway, um, your first couple <laughs> employees, <laughs> names, but, uh... um, your first couple employees are your like Stanford frat 
bros and uh you kind of you know like those are the people who are getting like the whatever one percent equity and then you grow out and you're like oh shit i need like you know one woman or one black person somewhere in here and uh they're coming in typically like later and like you know thus getting less equity like the early employees in particular very very much tend to be like the people that you're tight with the people that you have connections like to and stuff and like that tends to be more of like the same in group basically um and so like you know the wealth kind of magnifies that way and uh god i forgot i forget what the numbers are but um carta did a study uh fairly recently like within the past year um about like how equity is like distributed and stuff and like the gender gap is like huge it's like i don't know i don't want to make up a number but um we should we'll look it up yeah it's like much larger than (laughs) like any kind of salary gap yeah and like those are the people who will eventually be able to you know like buy houses and start companies and you know invest in other companies and all of the stuff that like downstream like impacts what the whole industry looks like Mm -hmm. but let's say you start your own company wouldn't you also want the power in the beginning to grant equity to your first few employees and the people who you trust the most I mean, yeah, I mean, that, like, that makes sense to me. It's just, like, when it's, like, disproportionately, like, the same people who can start companies in the first place and then the same people who, you know, are whatever. It's, like, the cycle is perpetuating in the same way in, like, a way that's not, like, sort of equal. That's why you got to get out there, girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> waiting for you to announce. I am so ready. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Ready? Beep, 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 beep. What the tech? What the tech? <laughs> Okay, so my what the tech is that Jewel is officially illegal in San Francisco. That's true. But they are headquartered in San Francisco. So I haven't read it. What the tech? I did not know this. What the tech? Uh, NPR put it out earlier today, but it's been like word on the street for a little while. I feel like. Illegal? Totally banned. To Jewel. Or to Jewel. In San public. Francisco bans the sales of e-cigarettes. Um, so it is home to Jewel Labs, obviously. It's over in the dog patch. And let's see. I'll give some more. This is good. Some facts. We usually don't have <laughs> hardcore facts. Fun um, facts, yeah. City attorney Dennis Herrera co-authored the ordinance and celebrated the final vote. Um, this is a decisive step to help prevent another generation of San Francisco children from becoming addicted to nicotine, which is super interesting because I saw a graph of like who the average, the average age of jewel users and then the average age of, uh, just like nicotine Mm -hmm. consumption. And it is skewed so young. Yeah. It's like kind of horrifying it is but i love the irony of it so much and um jewels are like quite the like popular accessory here i feel like you know i mean there's someone i know who charges his jewel at work like yeah we've talked about (laughs) that in in, like our first episode um i feel like you know the marina bro is just gonna take the 150 dollar fine and keep drooling or whatever i'm not actually sure if that's the fine i wonder if they'll actually fine you though 
I mean, I don't think I don't think you're fine for using. Oh, really? Is it just like purchasing? That? I think it's just interesting. But I'm not sure. Yeah. Wow, but last year, one in five high school seniors reported vaping in the yeah. past month. I mean, that the problem is, is that in SF, like, it's it's been illegal for people, like, who are under 21 to, like, in California, it's yeah. for them to buy it in the first place. So it's kind of like, I don't know, if that's not being enforced already, like, how how useful will this be? But Yeah, so that's my what the tech, what the tech, jewels. What the tech. <laughs> also, if I ever worked at jewel for some reason i would change my email signature to julia uh, <laughs> i've thought about that I see what you did there. <laughs> um okay do you have a what the tech um what the tech? yes so i have a what the tech submission from steffi who you should know well if you're one of our usual listeners um and it was that last week google had a event with outdoor voices where they were I doing Zumba on the roof with, like, views of the Bay Bridge. And it's just, like, everyone in outdoor voices, outdoor voices, hats, Zumba, Google, bridge, rooftop. Just wow. all of the techie SF, like, what betchy tech? things yeah. in one place. Did so, she go? what the tech Google. Honestly, I'm jealous. I wish I was there. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, dang, I wish I worked at Google for, like, one second. Then I was like, eh. Yeah, I don't even yeah. have anything from Outdoor Voices, but... I'm fully obsessed. It looks... It's amazing. Real good. Okay. Okay, what, what the, the tech? tech? Jackie, yeah. table, what the tech? <laughs> we I really have, put the pressure on. Yeah, I have a few different ideas. None of them are very good. Okay, I will... Don't tell yourself short. Yeah. Yes, okay. Oftentimes, so, like, we don't realize how absurd things are, because we're living in it mm-hmm. yeah, desensitized <laughs> no, yeah so there is a strain of tech man who is um hyper rationalist and contrarian and so like they like really believe that like i don't know it's kind of an intrinsic good to have an opinion that is different from other people's opinions. Sorry, I'm just on the basis of being different. Kind of, yeah. So oh Peter gosh. Thiel has like this sort of famous thing about like oh being a contrarian and how like you won't be able to see the future if you're kind of like thinking about things the same way everyone else is. Whatever. Sure. This is all to say that um, yesterday, someone. I have interacted with on Twitter before who um, I disagree with uh, shared his most unpopular opinion, which is that the internment of Japanese Americans during World War II was awful, but the correct decision. And what? given the same conditions, I would make the same awful decision again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it was just like the crystallization of like this like, subculture that has been emerging for the past couple of weird years in this city um of all these men who are like yeah you know if some everyone else thinks something it must be like wrong the and other. you're like you know what some of these things like are are actually just right and like yeah. trying to like you know galaxy brain this only <laughs> makes you seem like yeah, no, like totally ripping wild. families yeah. out of their homes and <laughs> dragging the them tech. to camps in the middle of nowhere yeah. as prisoners 
totally a good idea. What the tech? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what the fuck? Well-respected <laughs> person. Yeah. Who, yeah, like, you know, wrote one of the, like, database technologies and worked at Stripe and, like, yeah. Oh, my God. I know who it is. <laughs> uh, I saw that. I think I've, like, hmm, interesting. Okay, what the tech? What the tech, what the tech, yeah, what the tech. Yeah, it's like seeing this happen slowly over time and you're just like, oh, wow, these opinions are getting more and more out there, huh? And you're just like, oh, wow, like you're we're like, pro oh, hey. internment camps wow. now. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. What the tech. That's so San Francisco. <laughs> In the worst way. In the worst like, way. In a really the bad way. This is like, why techies? Yeah. Why? Like, you don't have to be Peter Thiel. Yeah. Like, Peter Thiel has a lot of bad opinions. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, like, that doesn't work for everyone, buddy. <laughs> okay, wow. Thank you so much for coming Yeah, this was lovely. Get your wit together. <laughs> yeah, you're amazing. Thank you for sharing your opinions <laughs> and your whole story. But yeah, I'm excited for your company. I really like, are you gonna post about um, trap dumplings? Dumpling Dump- trap. Dumpling tra- <laughs> What's it called? Trap the dumpling. dumpling trap. The dumpling trap. I wanna know if it's successful. I'm just like so intrigued. <laughs> yeah, I hope it is. That was, we'll see. Okay. I'm sure it will be. Okay, great. Okay, cool. Cool. We're done. Bye. Um, And special thanks to Lanier Sammons for our music. And for all of our people who listen to us because you rock. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.